right, what's happening, everybody? Welcome to Gonzo and the Judge Sports Talk. Monday, uh, January 9th, 2020, ah, 2020, 2023, all messed up. But anyway, uh, man, had a great weekend in sports. Had college football national championship tonight. Wasn't, wasn't a great game, but uh, Georgia Georgia caps off a undefeated season and a second consecutive with a second consecutive national title. Uh, but uh, TCU just couldn't get nothing going tonight. But I'm Chris Gonzo Gonzalez, joined by the sports judge Jonathan Mathis. How's it going, Judge? What's going on, everyone? What's going on to our national audience out there watching? What's what's up, Chris? Man, it's a rainy night here in Southern California. If you guys were watching the national title, you guys might know that it's been wet and and soggy out here today, and now it's thunderstorming. But no worries, I'm inside. I'm inside my house doing a live podcast with my good friend Chris. And you know we got plenty to dive into tonight. I guess we get kick. I guess we'll get started with the uh, national championship. I mean, it wasn't much to see. Um, it is what it is, right? It it it, it turned out to be a blowout. It was it was a, a massacre. I mean, what more can you really say about that game, Chris? Yeah, yeah. Georgia got off to a hot start. Did. Couple quick turnovers, uh, kind of got TCU. Uh, just took all the mo- any momentum they could get, and uh, and after that, Georgia just controlled the whole game. Uh, which I, I thought Georgia would win. I was ho- I was hoping TCU yeah. would uh, would win just because I th- thought it'd be cool to see a, a a team from a smaller conference get a national championship. Mm-hmm. But I thought the line of scrimmage was going to be where. Uh, Georgia was going to have an advantage, and uh, especially that offensive line tonight for Georgia. Well, even the defensive line, too, they were getting pressure on Dugan, but they controlled the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, and it just made it uh, made it made a long night for the uh, T- for TCU. Yeah, you know, um, America loves the underdog. Look, TCU was a beautiful story all season long. They were the cutest uh, team in all of college football, you know, and we wanted to see this matchup, right? This is the matchup everyone dreamed of because it was David versus Goliath, you know, but for TCU, the glass slipper cracked, you know, the clock finally struck midnight on TCU storybook season. And unfortunately the final chapter of their season ended in a very dark place, you know. Um, when you look at Georgia and the makeup of that team, that team was just too much for them to handle. They were completely dominant. Uh, they were utterly and completely dominant, particularly in the first half. And, you know, a lot of people didn't want to give up on TCU because what has TCU done so well all year? Uh, they mounted comebacks, particularly in the second half, right? They, they, they are a good second half team. Well, not against a Georgia Bulldog team that has one of the more uh, premier defenses in the country, um, a blistering defense, as we saw tonight. And I think that's where you saw the mismatch, right? Um, Georgia uh, and TCU – didn't match up well um, against the Bulldogs and that tenacious defense that 
we saw tonight, you know. Um, but it, it was a nice run for TCU. Um, but I, I will have to say this, man. Georgia, Georgia straight up beat the frog out of TCU. You know, uh, what what's their mascot name or the 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 mascot they claimed from Futurama? Uh, Hypnotoad, he couldn't come through for him tonight. I mean, I guess he was a good luck charm for them all season, but Hypnotoad couldn't come through for them tonight. And Georgia demolishes TCU. Um, you know, I, I think it's, I think, I think it's unfair to say that TCU didn't belong because they earned their spot in the national championship. So that's ludicrous to me. Anyone who's saying this team didn't belong, uh, that's utter nonsense. You know, they, they met a Georgia team that they had no chance uh, in beating because Georgia was just that good of a team. They're just, they just were the more complete team, you know, and we saw the physicality uh, from Georgia. Kirby Smart talked about it before the game, how he wanted his team to be aggressive and they were aggressive. They were aggressive and they were relentless on both sides on both sides of the ball. No, he put the subs in. The subs kept subs stayed aggressive, but still still scored points uh, there in that second half. No, and uh, the scary thing is uh, Georgia could have a chance to try try to three peat because they this this is a pretty young Georgia team. Uh, they lost a lot on defense last year. Had a lot of young guys coming on their defense, but you'll lose a quarterback. But if they can, if they uh, can find a quarterback, uh, I think they're going to be. A, a, when you look at their schedule for next year, it's not a real tough schedule. I think they they can have a chance to, to maybe be to be back and go go for a three in a row. Yeah, they could. I, I mean, you know, this is the last uh, one for Stinson Bennett. Of course, uh, he's leaving. But then you, so you're going to have a different quarterback. But you got a lot of the same players returning next season. So yeah, this Georgia team could very well be, um, you know, a championship contender next season. They could possibly run it back. Uh, and the Georgia Bulldogs will be looking to run it back. They have an exceptional program led by Kirby smart. Kirby smart is a defensive minded coach. Um, you know, his team prides itself on defense. Um, you know, the, that's that's what they do best, right? They defend really well, um, but their offense was also clicking. You know, you you have an exceptional tight end. Uh, you have great quarterback play. Uh, the offense controlled the tempo of that game. They dominated the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, and and um, TCU couldn't really get anything going, uh, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. So yes, Georgia will be a contender next season. They will definitely be in conversation uh, for the playoffs. And, and there's, and, and there's really no surprise with who's coaching the team and how the program is, 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 is run. So um, I thought overall tonight though, Georgia executed very well. Um, they were able to uh, convert on, on third downs, uh, move the ball down the field particularly through the air, everything just went their way. And and it was a lopsided victory for Georgia. 
of course, and it was just an ugly, ugly loss for TCU. Um, mind you, the 65-70 win over TCU tonight makes it the biggest blowout victory in NCAA football title game history. I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, it was ugly, but uh, re- realistically, TCU never had a chance coming into this game. They they didn't have a chance coming into this game. Um, I would have liked to see them pull off what would have been the biggest upset in college football. That's what everyone would have been talking about in the morning if TCU found a crazy uh, way to finish the season out and if they were able uh, to pull off one of the more improbable victories that we would have witnessed of all time. But unfortunately, that doesn't happen. Um, TCU, though, those guys have nothing to be, um, you know, ashamed about because they can hold their heads up high knowing uh, they had a damn good season. Yeah, it just didn't end how they wanted to end. But, I mean, Georgia, there was times in that first half, Georgia just, uh, they had TCU uh, lost. They would go with that up-tempo Coming that huddle quick, and TCU still is trying to get their defensive set, and Georgia's snapping the ball. Uh, I mean, but yeah, Georgia came with a good game plan. Uh, they they knew that the uh, TCU linebackers uh, were really going to uh, be aggressive, so they used a lot of misdirection there there early on them first two drives. And I mean, you would see it: the linebacker would follow the running back that way, and the play would go the other way, and it was just wide open. I mean, Bennett walked in for a touchdown running the run, Georgia's running backs were getting uh big plays there. Uh, I don't know why they ended that, but I know they're toward the end of the second half, Georgia was averaging uh 10 yards of play. And that's just crazy to, for a team to be ad, averaging 10 yards of play in the national championship game. Uh, but, but yeah, Georgia came out a little nervous there in that first quarter and then some turnovers and, and, it just after that they couldn't get no momentum going, no momentum going at all. Yeah. But uh, uh, but I mean Georgia proved why that why they've been the number one team most of the season and why they should have been the number one uh, team in the preseason instead instead of Alabama. Uh, but uh, and uh, I think Georgia's going to be right there again next year. It's just a lot of it's going to depend on the quarterback uh play since Bennett's going to be gone. But I tell you what, that that uh, Bennett. It's awful damn good for as much uh, much hate as he gets. Where I mean, most people don't think he'll play in the NFL. He's not good enough. All this and dude's a two-time national champion, gonna be two, the two-time MVP of the national championship game, and uh, he's been the most outstanding player in every college football playoff game he's played in. But he kind of goes under the radar. You don't hear a whole lot of if you hear his name. And getting mentioned, it's usually people criticizing him and talking about what he can't do than it is if uh, people talking about uh, the success that he's had. Yeah, I think he likes flying under the radar, though. I, I think he's cool with that um, because he has been, you know, um, playing his game and he has silenced so many people, uh, you know, since he's been a walk-on quarterback at Georgia. I mean, his story 
is a Hollywood script. When you look at his story and see what he has been been through to get to where he is now, uh, it's simply amazing. You know, this guy went from a walk on uh, to a, a two time national champion. You know, it, it, it's an incredible story, and to me, it's inspirational. It's inspirational because what it what it shows you is that anything is achievable and anything is reachable with hard work, with sacrifice, with dedication, and and with hard work. And that's what um that's what Bennett has demonstrated um in in his time at Georgia. You know, he he's he's come on and he has defied logic um to be real with you he has accomplished the uh the extraordinary and to see him grow and mature as a man um it's remarkable it's remarkable and i wish him the best you know because so many people have 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 doubted him but he has continued to you know prove everyone wrong and he has, you know, made a name for himself. And he he became a a, a hero in 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 uh, Athens. I'm sure he never has to pay for another meal a day in his life uh, in Athens, Georgia. Georgia, they love him out there. He's he's held a, he's held as a as a as a hero in in that community. They they love him out there. He's probably the most popular name on campus. Uh, again, one, uh, once again tonight, you know, so, I mean, <clears throat> you can say whatever you want to say about him, but either way, I think he's going to get drafted. I think he's going to do well at the next level, and I think he's going to continue to do what he does, and that is shut people up with his remarkable play and, you know, his intelligence as well, his intellect. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I think Bennett will get drafted. Uh, Dad said, "Would you draft him in what round?" Uh, um, I, I think he might he might go maybe the f- fourth round, fourth fifth round, somewhere around there. You might see a team maybe take a chance on him sooner than that. Sooner than that, but I mean, hell, all you have to do is get get in there. Like, look at Brock Purdy; he was the last pick of the draft, and he got an opportunity. And look, and look what he's been able to do. Uh, and, and I think if you put Bennett in a system, a system like that, uh, with a, with a good coach that, and you build put weapons around him, I think he, I think he he, he could could be all right. So I, I think he'll, I think he'll get drafted. It, it just I think it'll be later later in later in the uh, later in the draft, maybe fourth fifth round. Oh yeah, he, he's definitely gonna get drafted, and I don't even think he's gonna be a Mister Irrelevant. Dustin says the only issue about him being drafted is age. He's almost 26. Yeah. Yeah, but with all the rules at, at quarterback now, where the quarterbacks don't get hit and stuff, uh, I don't know. To me, that shouldn't be as big a deal, I don't think. But, no, but, but yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. Though. But we've seen we've seen some guys come, come in the NFL that have been in their uh, later 20s uh, that's been coming, that's came out of college. Uh, Nate says that he thinks he's one of the few that think uh, Dugan should come should stay for another year. I think he's uh, tough mentally. 
and physically he's a tough kid. Um, nothing ever seems to rattle him, you know, and I, I think he I, I, I don't want to say the moment was too big for him tonight. I just think that TCU ran into a really good Georgia team and they met their match tonight. Yeah, he he didn't he didn't play a good game tonight. He uh no, he didn't. A couple couple picks that he just but if you watched at the beginning of the season, he hadn't thrown very many picks, but over the last few games, he started he started turning the ball over. Uh over the last like three or four games, he'd started throwing a lot more interceptions than what he had earlier in the year. Uh I don't know. I, I don't think he'll come back uh, because his stock was pretty high. Uh, I don't know how much this game will hurt his stock. Uh, I mean, he didn't play great in this game, but it's one game. Uh, but it is against tougher competition, and you at the next level, the competition is going to be be like that. But I think uh, I, I think he probably still comes out this year because I think if he comes back next year and, they, and TC don't have a year like they did this year, uh, it could it could hurt his draft stock some. I think he. Right now, he's at probably the highest value he's going to be at. Uh, so, I, so I look for him to come, look for him to come out. And uh, I do as well. Oh man, I think I think it. No, probably, I don't think probably, so. I think it probably does some. It's a small, does a little. It's a small sample size. You know, when you look at what he's done overall productively. Uh, Throughout the season, no, I don't think it's going to hurt too much. I think it would hurt if he started off next season like tonight. Then I think it would start to hurt his draft stock and and possibly you can possibly see him drop tremendously in the draft. That's why that's why I agree with my co-host Chris, and I think he will decide to declare for the NFL draft. Since his stock is high this year, and since he was still with his stock, with his stock right now, where do you think? What where do you think he gets picked at in the draft? So I think he's a first rounder. I think he's a first rounder. So I was going, I was going to say, I was going to say, probably second round. No, someone will be desperate enough to pick him up in the first round. I think I don't think he's going to sit in the green room for too long. I I, I don't don't, off the board. And I don't know. If I, I wouldn't draft him in the first round. I'd draft him uh, earliest. I'd draft him would be second. Uh, Somebody would that's in desperate need of a quarterback, and there's a few teams. John Suggs says third round. Yeah, I, I think second third or third round, round is where, where he'll go. It also depends on what the quarterback class looks like this year as well. Well, you're gonna have Young, Stroud. Bennett. Yep. Yep. Very well. Very uh, well. Le- Le- I, I don't see him going that late, though. I don't know. Weavers, Hooker. That's a deep class. A little bit. So, somewhat, right? I, I'm not real. I'm not real sold on it. I'm not. I'm not real high well, on it. I'm not real. So I'm not real sold on. Not as a friend, not not as coming in and being a franchise quarterback. Not that they couldn't develop and be be good, uh, good NFL quarterbacks, but I don't know if the, if it's if they're like one of the transcendent type quarterbacks. I don't know if I don't know if Ohio State's quarterback is a transcendent quarterback. I don't think he's polished enough to take it to the next level. That's just me. I could be wrong. 
you know, I think Bryce Young is is more NFL ready than he is. And I think he's one of those players that can come come into the league and make a serious impact on the team because he's mature, you know, he's he has the physical traits, he has the skill set and he's a very poised athlete as well. So if you're looking at this year's quarterback class and if you want to pick a quarterback that you would go with, it for me it would have to be Bryce Young. I don't think Caleb Williams is coming out. He's coming back for another year. Oh yeah, yeah. Well he has to because you got you got you can't come out till to your junior year. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. So he he's definitely coming back. But next year, he'll be probably the chosen one among the quarterbacks, depending on what the class looked like and who plays well next season. Because, you know, some quarterback can come out of nowhere and that guy can, you know, elevate his draft stock. And next thing you know, he's going before Caleb Williams. We've seen that happen before. Uh, uh, who needs a – who needs a QB though? Houston Raiders, Colts, maybe Miami. That would take a risk uh, out of first rounder. Yeah, that's why I kind of think Houston definitely uh, needs a quarterback. Miami, it seems like they always be, you know, um, in search of a quarterback. Well, they're um, well, two is injuries is probably the main is, reason they are. Yeah. Yeah, and there's so much uncertainty around his health and how he's going to look in the upcoming years. So you might be thinking about a quarterback potentially. Uh, Dustin says, what are your thoughts about doing a champion versus champion game for football? FBS winner Georgia versus FCS winners South Dakota State. Hmm. What do you think? I mean, I wouldn't be against it. Other than I just don't know if they will because now all this help, all the safety stuff, but and adding more games. But uh, I mean, I don't know. I want to know why they'd be against it. It'd be a chance, another chance to make more money, and we know. Uh, we know it's, a lot of it's about money, but uh, I, I think it could be. I think I think it could be interesting. It could be interesting, and you're right. The NCAA is about money. It's a money making business, just like anything else. The NFL is a business as well. Uh, so yeah, uh, I don't see why the NCAA would rule against this. Um, you know, but I don't. I don't see this happening anytime soon. Maybe down the road they may consider it, but not anytime soon. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, hell, they're going to twelve games in the, in the football, but not just that. Ain't why it's even crazy. What's crazy is they're talking about going to ninety teams in basketball <laughs> uh, for the March Madness. No, keep it as is. I don't want to see nine. I don't want to see ninety teams. Uh, you know, that's uh, an enormous field. Uh, keep it as is. You know. 
what are you trying to do? Give everyone a chance? That that kind of takes the fun out of the tournament, right? When you give more teams an opportunity. I know you want parity. I know you want a, 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 a competitive uh, tournament. I know you want to level the playing field. But I think 60-plus teams is more than enough teams. You got the first four now. You you know, you, you have a tournament that lasts about three weeks. You don't need to make the tournament any longer. That just takes away from the tournament. That makes the tournament probably more exciting, but that also makes it too long. No, you don't need 90 teams. You keep it as it is. I understand that you want to try to uh, make it where it's fair for other teams to have a chance to compete. But that's why those teams need to put together winning seasons. Uh, they need to come out strong, and they need to win enough games to make it to the NCAA tournament. No one should feel sorry for a team because their bubble pop or because they got snubbed. That's going to happen. Life's not fair all the time. Not everyone can make it. Then once you put 90 teams in, then what? There's going to be more schools complaining about missing out. So, no, you keep it as is. Dustin says Jackrabbits can win in a lot of leagues. Yeah, no, I've, I've seen South Dakota State play some. Yeah, they, they can play. Uh, that's why I said I, would, I wouldn't be against. I think that you, you could end up with some interesting matchups. Uh, John says they they want to get rid of the NIT. Uh, I mean, that's fine if you want to get rid of the NIT, but if you want to add, what is it, 68 get in now? If you want to add four more and make it 72, I mean, I wouldn't. Be against maybe against that, but I just I think you start putting ninety teams in. Uh, I think you're, you're just getting too many. Yeah, but if they do something like that, it's of course a money grab for sure. If the NCAA ever decides to make it a ninety team tournament, which I think is, I'm about doing it for the men's men's and insane. women's tournament. That's absolutely insane. If if they even if they even deliberate about that, that's like, no, no, keep it as is. Some things don't need to be messed with. If it's not broken, don't fix it. No, leave it as is. I like it the way it is now. Yeah, like I said, you have the first four. You have more than enough schools competing in March Madness. To me, yep. it's already one of the most exciting tournaments in sports, if not the most exciting. You know, you you always see a team that just comes out of nowhere, like a George Mason or a St. Peter's, a team that just surprised the entire world, like shocked the hell out of everybody. Um, we always see those sleepers. We always see those creepers. You know, we always, by the end of the first weekend, our brackets are usually busted. You know, every time I fill out a bracket, man, a team lets me down. In the first round, in the first hour of the tournament. (laughs) Uh, Dustin says Coach K wants to change to give smaller conference teams a chance. Like I said, win enough games. Win enough games. <laughs> Make yourself more appealing by winning more games. It's that simple. 
Again, no one's going to feel sorry for you. You have to win ball games to be able to dance in March. Well, and today we saw uh, kind of switch over to some NFL. Arizona Cardinals fire uh, Cliff Kingsbury. Their GM is stepping away. Uh, for, I can't I think maybe health reasons or something, personal reasons. Uh, I know there's been some uh, some accusations I've seen on him. I don't know how true all that stuff is. So until I get more more do a little more research on that, but. Cardinals fire Kingsbury. They're going to have a new GM. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Uh, John Kingsbury should have been gone last year. I'm not. I, I'm not a Kingsbury fan either. But new coach coming in, new GM. Do you think? What, what do you think Kyler Murray's future is going to be with the Cardinals? I know they signed him to an extension. Now he's hurt. Going to miss half the season next year. Uh. Oh. Uh, what do you think about the Arizona Cardinals situation there, moving on from Kingsbury? And then what What do you think the future is for Kyler Murray? Do you think they're going to stick with him, or do you think we could see a new regime bringing, deciding to bring in well, uh, and, a new quarterback? And that's what you just mentioned it right there, um, the new regime. It depends on the new regime. Um, Kyler Murray, he got paid a lot of money, though. He got paid a lot of money. Uh, you know, the Arizona Cardinals wanted to make him the franchise quarterback. You know, hey, his future right now is up in the air. Um, nobody really knows what the future holds for Kyler Murray in Arizona. I, I think that for now, he is going to be the quarterback. He still has a chance, you know, to hold on to his starting job. Yes, he's going to have to step his game up. Yes, he's going to have to elevate his level of play. He's going to have to be a lot better than what he has. And he's going to have to, you know, convince whoever takes over as the GM and the head coach that he's that guy. You know, he's going to have to show them that he can, you know, um, take over that offense and, and be that guy to engineer drives and, you know, make something happen for that offense. So it, it all depends on the next GM, the next head coach, and whether or not Kyler Murray performs. And, performs up to not only his standards, but the organization standards as well. And I do like that, Dustin. I think Eric Benamy should have been coaching somewhere in the National Football League. I, I've been saying that for a very, very long time. He has been a top candidate for a number of NFL teams. He has been a hot commodity every time you, you hear about coaching vacancies, his name has been mentioned, and I think this in this year's NFL hiring cycle, I think he will finally get his shot to be an NFL coach, and I think Arizona is a great place. He will help with the development of Kyler Murray. I think he will help with the nourishment 
of the young quarterback. And I think that would be, um, I think Eric Benamy will be good in his ear and, and he would, you know, be able to, you know, <clears throat> use his tools more effectively as a quarterback with Eric Benamy uh, being over on the sideline. So I like that. I like that. I like that. I would like that higher. Yeah, uh, I think Kyler Murray will be uh, with the Cardinals next year. For for one, that you just signed him to this big extension, and the other reason, another reason is how many how many teams are going to want are going to be interested in trying to trade for him or anything without knowing why he's going to look like coming off coming off this uh, ACL injury. So uh, I think that's another reason that he's at least going to be there one more season because he'll miss some time. Uh, next season, then when he does come in and play, then it might be the, the year after that. Maybe the new GM and coach might decide to move on if he struggles this season or next season. But uh, I agree. I agree with uh, my dad here that he says uh, with a better coach and system, Murray will be okay. I, I think so too. Uh, I, I guess I wasn't a fan of Kingsbury when when the Cardinals hired him. Yeah, it was. Uh... I mean, I, I gave him the benefit of the doubt, like I usually do, but it, it was it was one of those hires that a lot of people couldn't understand, um, you know. And even when he was given a contract extension, it was very surprising and puzzling. Um, but the hiring was also a, uh, surprising and polarizing. It was a it was polarizing. Um, and this guy couldn't survive in college. So what made you believe that he can actually take his game or take his philosophy to the professional ranks where he has not worked out for the Arizona Cardinals I mean, it looked promising in his first season when you look at the, his resume, but then you start to see a decline and you start to see him take a turn for the worse. To me, he was just never the right fit or he was just never the right guy for that job. Um, and, you know, he was often criticized for his schemes and, you know, for his, you know, inability to coach an offense that had a ton of weapons and he didn't use those weapons that was at his disposal like he should have. And he had the opportunity to, you know, um, rip an offense into shape and just couldn't do that. It just didn't work out for Cliff Kingsbury. And sometimes, you know, when you watch the Arizona Cardinals game, he had you scratching your head like, what the hell did you just do? Some of the some of his decisions was just like boneheaded decisions. And sometimes he looked lost. You know, he looked confused. And he was unsure of himself, of what plays to – dial up and he wouldn't always put his players in the best situation to thrive, you know? So it was time for him to go. Um, I felt like it was a year late. 
like most of you guys as well. Uh, but better late than never. John says a, Q, a QBR to uh, be watching will be Lamar. Do we leave Derek Carr will go to the Jets or maybe Panthers? Uh, I think Derek Carr is going to end up with the Colts. Uh, I, I've thought that for, uh, since he's been released. Uh, I, I think that's what I think Colts are going to go in that direction is what I'm thinking. Well, that's what the Colts uh, do, right? They get hand me down quarterbacks. You know, but cars di- to me, cars different though. The, quarter- <laughs> the quarterbacks that they've been trying to go after, Rivers was old on his way, which Rivers played good for the Colts. Should have won a playoff game, but then you went to Wentz, which Wentz didn't look good. Be I mean, he hadn't looked good in uh, Philly for a couple seasons, and then you go to uh, uh, aging Matt Ryan. So at least Carr, to me, still a bit more in his prime and still can play. Um, but I mean, I can see him maybe going to the Panthers or, or the Jets, especially depending on who the Panthers end up hiring as coach. Uh, I know, uh, like my dad said, he has ties in the. New Orleans, if uh, Dennis Allen, if Dennis Allen is still the coach there with the Saints, uh, he has he has ties there with Allen, so maybe uh, maybe the Saints could be a place where Derek Carr ends up. But I have a I have a feeling that the Colts are, are going to pr- probably go that route uh, with Carr. I don't know. I, I just think they're instead of taking a quarterback with that fourth pick that they might trade back. Get some other pieces they need, and and and, and try another quarterback in uh, free agency. I can see that happening. I can envision that happening. And yeah, the Colts are my favorites to land Derek Carr this off season. I mean, Derek Carr is gonna end up with another team. It's it's just that his relationship has come to an end with the Raiders. So yeah. time is up there. I think he's shelf life. What are the Raiders going to do? Is Stidham? Nah, he can't. Stidham in that direction. I I think he's more of a backup quarterback. I, I think the Raiders. I think I think end up drafting a quarterback. Uh, can I think you might see. see uh, I think you might see TB twelve with the with the rate going and joining the McDaniel's with with the Raiders next season. The Raiders are gonna. I think, Brady, I, think I think Brady's gonna play at least one more season. I won't be the surprised Raiders, if he's not in Vegas. I think the Raiders are gonna draft a quarterback though to have Tom Brady kind of like shadow him and prepare him for the future. But I I, I am with you. I think for a short term fix. Brady is going to be with the Raiders next season. I talked about that in a video. I don't know if you saw that, Chris. I I uh, talked no, about that. And, and, and I believe it because I read an article in the Las Vegas Review, right? And it kind of convinced me that that is a, a, a top spot for Tom Brady. Um, look, it's an indoor stadium. Um, he would surround himself with veterans. You have Darren Waller, um, Devontae Adams. There's guys he could throw the ball to, Hunter Renfro. Uh, you have Josh Jacobs. You have a great left tackle in Colton uh, 
uh, Miller. So, I mean, you you got playmakers around you. Um, I think he wants to go there, and, and he knows that if he lands with the Raiders, he has a le- another legitimate shot to go out with a Super Bowl because you put him on that team, the Raiders are a, 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 a Super Bowl contender with all the pieces. Ooh, ooh. But, but, yeah, but you Super Bowl got, contender. But you got to get rid of Josh McDaniels and hire. Brady McDaniel, Brady McDaniels, or yeah, like this. I don't know. I don't know. You got to hire someone that's more certified to me. Josh McDaniels has shown us that he is not. I, but see, I think that'd be a big one. I think that'd be a big reason why he would go to the Raiders is because McDaniels is there. No, I, I think it's other reasons that factor in. I think you got to, again, you got to look at the players on the roster. You got to look at the fact that Brady has a lot of wealth. And he will be going to a state where there's no state tax. Um, you know, I, I also I also heard that he has residency out there. Um, so you know, there's a lot of things that factor into why he would become a Raider. But I do think that the Raiders are going to go after him hard this offseason. I do think they're going to do everything they can to, you know, make it happen. And you know, sign him to a, 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 a short-term deal in what can be his final year in the NFL. Uh, but the Raiders are still going to draft a quarterback, too. They're going to kind of do what what the Packers did a few years back when they drafted Jordan Love. If Dallas lose first round, do you fire McCarthy? Hmm. If you want to hire, well, no, because I don't know. Sean Payton might get hired by the Broncos because I, I, I heard that he is, you know, in talks with the Broncos um, to become potentially their head coach. So I don't know. Do you – and that's a tough that that that's tough. Do you fire Mike McCarthy? Would you? I don't know. If, if look, if Sean Payton is still available, yes. Yes. And if Dallas lose in the first round, then I'll say yes, you fire Mike McCarthy. If Sean Payton is not available and they lose in the first round, you give Mike McCarthy another year at least. So you're basically saying you just get rid of because you want because you want Sean Payton, not because well, it, Sean, it, Payton, not Sean, Payton, Sean Payton once before hinted that he would, you know, coach the Dallas Cowboys. It's it's a dream job to him. Yeah, but, I don't know. Uh, but no, I think I do think if uh, I don't know if I would, but I do think that if they lose next, they lose this weekend to. Uh, Brady and the Bucks. I wouldn't be surprised if, McCar- if he fires McCarthy. Um, but you got to be careful there because you got who? I mean, who are you going to get? Uh, I don't think McCarthy's necessarily the problem. I think it's more Kellen Moore myself. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, goes back, it does go back to your head coach because right. he, he could be veto and shit. But uh, 
And his I've never been real high on, on Kellen Moore as an offensive coordinator. Uh, I know he a lot of people love him, but to me, he's the common denominator that's been there. Him and Dak. Mm-hmm. And look what that look what what Dak looked like this weekend, and look what that Cowboys team looked like this weekend against the the Commanders with the third string quarterback. Oh, that offense looked out of sorts, and. And that's see that's that's what's been holding them back is Dak Prescott and his shakiness and his recklessness and and his you know uh, turnover margin which is which is insane um, when you think about it and and that's concerning going into the playoffs because he's thrown a pick six it seemed like every week and. Those pick sixes have resulted in, you know, points for the opposing team. So, I mean, that that's something that can be problematic for the Cowboys next week. I think if Dak takes care of the football and, you know, the defense – uh, and you can take what the defense gives you, then I think the Cowboys should be the Buccaneers. But if they start turning over the football and Dak throws interceptions and doesn't take care of the football, then I can very easily see them losing and being a one-and-done team in the first round. Yeah. Yeah, they got to yes. play better than they Yeah, yes, John, John is right. John is right. The Bron- I have I have read that today as well. Broncos are talking about hiring Dan Quinn. So Dan Quinn might, you know, uh be out of the door in Dallas as well. He's been a damn good uh defensive coordinator. Uh me, me and dad talked about this earlier on uh on uh, our uh, easy money and sports betting show, but uh Dustin says, Can we give a shout to Mike Tomlin with uh the win yesterday is coached 14 years and has zero losing seasons. Uh, Dustin says most underrated and underappreciated coach. One of the most yet yeah, out there. Uh, no, he, we, we were talking earlier. T- uh, Tom has done a great job there. He's one of the better coaches in the league. And uh, I don't think he's underrated or underappreciated like in the league and by the like players and, and everything. I think everybody respects him and knows what, what kind of coach he is. I do. I do think uh, maybe fan wise, uh, fans don't think of him as one of the best coaches. Like when you think of a bill, a bill check or somebody like that. And uh, but yeah, he's been one man. He's been one of he's been he's been one of the better, better coach, best coaches in the league since he came into the league. So uh, I'm 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 a big Mike Tomlin fan. I am too. I, I love to listen to him talk during his press conferences because he says things that you know, is, is he says things that is thought is thought provoking. And, you know, you, you can see how he talks to his players and how he has that connection with his players and how he expects the most out of his players, you know, and he sets a certain standard for his players and the bar is always high for his players and um, I think, you know, he's well-respected in the locker room. 
Um, he's liked among his peers. And, you know, Mike Tomlin is just a great guy. He's just a great guy, um, has a, a, a great understanding for the game of football. Um, and, and you know, he's done a great job in Pittsburgh, and he has held it down for this long. Uh, simply uh, incredible what he has been able to do uh, during his time there. And he's one of the longest tenured coaches in the NFL as well. So, yeah, I like Mike Tomlin. I, I think people do respect him. I think people do uh, 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 acknowledge um, his his greatness and, and his, um, you know, savviness and his um, expertise for the game of football. The homie says, Jonathan, what do you think Sean McVay would decide to do? You're the Rams fans. You think you think McVay's coming back? I know a lot of things I hear that he's probably going, that he's probably going to take a year a year or two off. Uh, but I also heard that he was going to do that whenever Stafford and uh, Donald was done. Stafford's already said he's he's coming back, so it's going to be interesting. But what what do you being the Rams fan around here? What do you think of the Sean McVay situation? I think Sean McVay comes back for one more year. I think he comes back for one more year, and I, I think he steps away from the game. I think you could see him in a broadcast booth uh, because he has the, the the knowledge and he has a great understanding for the game as well. And, you know, he um, talks really well. So I think we'll see him in a broadcast booth after this season. I After next season, I think he comes back for one more year. Um, and we'll go from there. But I, I think he will uh, be coaching the Rams next season. Okay. Yeah, I, I kind of think he'll come back, probably come back for one more year, but then I do see him uh, leaving because I know uh, there's been a lot of uh, talk about him going and joining Amazon uh, with their prime, Amazon Prime with their coverage of football and everything. So, uh, and I know that he, and you can make a lot of money doing that. And, uh not as not as an inten- as intensive a schedule as uh, either, but I, but I look. I think he might go to the TV for a little bit, and I can see him getting back into coaching at, at some point. Oh yeah, and I would love his analysis because, uh, you know, the guy man. When you listen to him talk, it's it's brilliant. You know, he could put together a great conversation. And he verbalizes things really well, and he goes into detail when he explains uh, things during his press conference. So I would like him in the broadcast booth. I think he would be excellent uh, working with the Amazon Prime team, and I would um, I would enjoy that. I would really enjoy that, and I can see him doing that down the road because he definitely has the ability uh, to be a great analyst, a great TV analyst, and he will do really well at it. Uh, what uh, what ga- what game are you looking forward to this weekend in the NFL uh, wild card round? Uh, you got two games Saturday, three games on Sunday, and of course Monday night. Uh, which I wish they'd have done three on Saturday, three on Sunday instead of doing a Monday night game. But uh, you got the Cowboys and the Bucks on Monday night, two games Saturday. I'm looking uh, forward to that one. I would like Cowboys to- and Bucks. Uh, yeah, I would like to see. Um, if Dak Prescott can handle uh, 
the pressure if he can take care of the football, not make any mistakes. And I'm also interested to see what Tom Brady does on the other side of the ball. Um, if he can be relentless, if he can, you know, um, play like the Tom Brady of old and be effective and, and you know, drive his team down the field. So it's that's going to be interesting. I, I want to see that quarterback duel. I want to see Dak Prescott and Tom Brady. And another game I'm looking at is the Miami Dolphins game. You know, okay. I, I, I want to see how well the Dolphins play in the playoffs. You know, I know Mike McDaniel has come in, done a pretty good job changing the culture there, got the team to the playoffs. Now let's see. Let's see what the Dolphins are all about against the Bills. The Bills are, you know, um, looking to continue to dominate in the AFC. Um, I still have them coming out on top in the AFC. Um, I had them coming out as the top team in the AFC even before the the Demar Hamlin tragedy. Um, Uh, before the Demar Hamlin tragedy, and you know, um, they're really a team to watch now because they have a purpose. They have something to play for, um, and I think they want to do it for their teammate. I, I think they're, um, you know, they they are the team to beat now. They are my prohibited favorite, so it's gonna be fun to see the Bills versus Dolphins. Uh, yeah, I'm interested. Yeah, I think that game's gonna be interesting. Uh... Dustin said the Bills and Dolphins outside of his Vikings game. Uh, in the NFC, that Vikings and Giants game is a game that uh, interests me because last time they played, it was a good game. I want, uh, I, I like what Dayball's done there with the Giants, so I think that's going to be a good one. But then uh, I'm really looking for, really interested in uh, kind of like what Suck, John Suck said, the Chargers and Jags. Uh, I, I, think, I think that's going to be a real good game this weekend. Uh, Jags have been uh, hot here lately. Uh, Trevor Lawrence has been playing well. You got the Chargers that were starting to get healthy. Now they're, they've got Mike Williams banged up with, with a back, so that'd be interesting. But uh, you got Herbert, Herbert making his Herbert and Lawrence both making their first playoff starts. So I, I think I, I'm looking forward to that one. I do think I, I do think the Dallas and Bucks game could be interesting because I. I I would. I wouldn't be real surprised if the Bucks be, uh, beat the Cowboys. I think the Bucks will get beat the next game next week after that. But I think I think the Bucks. There's a good chance of the Bucks beating uh, the Cowboys. Uh, Cowboys just aren't playing. Uh, playing good foot. Playing the type of football you want to be playing going into the playoffs. Uh, yeah, Jags are a team to watch out for next year. Dustin says, but uh, no, I, I think I think even the. I mean, I think it's going to be quite a few good games this week. Uh, if Lamar if Lamar Jackson plays, I think the Ravens and Bengals game uh, will be a better game than what people think. Uh, I have the Bengals winning. Uh, I think I right now I'm sticking with what I said a few weeks ago. I think it's going to be Bengals and 49ers in the Super Bowl. That's, I'm going to stay with those picks that I've been with. See, I got the Bills and Niners in the Super Bowl. Uh, Damien says Sean McVay is the reason why the Rams are in the bad situation. He's not a good coach, in my opinion. 
yeah, I know he won a Super Bowl, but he almost run golf career and look at golf now. Uh, he's playing better without him. That don't mean anything. Dan Dan Campbell is respectfully a good coach in his own right as well. Maybe Jared Goff just needed a change of scenery. You know, maybe that what was working for him at first didn't work for him anymore with the Rams. I mean, you got to remember Todd Gurley was his security blanket and the Rams used to run the football consistently well when Todd Gurley was the starting running back. And that allowed the Rams to run more play action plays through Jared Goff and that high powered offense. It was a different time then, you know, so I mean, you can't blame Sean McVay for Jared Goff's uh, drop-off in production. No, I don't think you can blame McVay for... Uh, well, I don't think you can blame McVay like he, that he was running Goff's career. But I also don't... I also think with what Goff's doing now in a different situation is also taking a little bit of the shine off McVay that... He was the reason why golf uh, played that good, and, was, and they were able to get to a Super Bowl with golf. Like, because everybody would talk like golf was limited, and he was the problem. Well, you bring in Stafford, you get the Super Bowl after you didn't get one with golf. But look how golf is playing now. So, uh, I would say maybe maybe he shouldn't get as much credit for that he was able to get, uh, make get golf to play his best because golf is doing the same thing, is playing. Probably better with a different coach, uh, but but I don't think it says that uh, McVeigh's not a good head coach because yeah, I, I I think McVeigh's a good coach. Um, yeah, Dustin, I agree. Uh, not as good as Kyle Shanahan, Tampa, and and I mean we, they showed they could play Philly, but they they have to play better than what they've been playing uh, the last uh, last few weeks. Uh, Dallas has the easiest road. Dallas has the easiest road, but if you keep turning over the football, you're not going to win a playoff game. I'm sorry, it doesn't work like that. The other team's going to capitalize on your mistakes. They're going to find a way to score, and they're going to be moving on, not you. Yeah, the Jags beat Chargers earlier in the year, 38 to 10. And yeah, but uh, I think this will be a closer game for one. That was the game where. If I remember correctly, where Herbert tried to uh, play right after he uh, got that rib injury, and and I think that was right like the next game, and that was when he was still he was, he was struggling with that a little bit. And that was uh, Chargers didn't have Keenan Allen. Uh, then Chargers are a little bit healthier now. Not saying that the Jags can't beat them because uh, I'm I'm probably leaning toward the Jags because I think uh, mainly because of the coaching. I, I think Peterson's a bit. Peter, I trust Peterson more. With the game. I, I, I trust Doug Peterson more with the game on the line than I do Brandon Staley. That part right there, I do too. And I just talked about Doug Peterson the other day too. I, I think that he is uh, the coach of the year. He's made a strong case for the coach of the year. Um, you know, you you gotta like what Doug Peterson has done in such a short time with the Jacksonville. Uh, Jaguars. He has engineered a complete turnaround. You know, and this is a team a year ago that was dealing with Urban Meyer's toxicity 
and look at where they are now. Uh, Doug Peterson is a better coach than a lot of people thought he was. I know a lot of people felt this was a polarizing hiring hire too uh, when he first got the coaching oh, so job. Now, so I, I love this hire when they hired him. I thought it was a great because yeah, Doug Peterson's hire. a great coach, you know, and and people don't acknowledge it, but uh, he's innovative. He's uh, he's gutsy. And, you know, he has a, a, a damn good game plan. And, you know, people forget, too, he's won a, a Super Bowl with the Philadelphia Eagles yeah. with the help of a backup quarterback, Nick Foles. So, I mean, this guy is, is legendary for dialing up the Philly special. People forget that, too. Doug Peters is not a bad coach at all. And it has really showed. Uh, during his time in Jacksonville, and it's been really impressive. So to me, he's my coach of the year. Uh, Vince says, "What was a more boring game, George? The uh, boring game, Georgia game, or Skylar Thompson versus old Joe Flacco? <laughs> <laughs> the Laker game. <laughs> he's the Lakers." <laughs> Uh, Vince says he likes his Niners chances. The only way if we lose is injuries, but I think it's going to be tough to win in Philly. So he, he likes Philly going to the Super Bowl, uh, against the Bills. That, that's a trendy pick. There, you know, the Eagles have a good team too. Jalen Hurts, if he gets 100% healthy, you know, I, I like, you know, uh, the blood, sweat, and tears that he puts in. Um, each week, you know, and he's a tough guy. Uh, he's He has grown into his role as the quarterback, and he has shut a lot of people up with his play this season. He has really taken his game to the next level. Um, and then you have great playmakers on the defensive side of the ball. You got two ball hawking defenders in the secondary. The Eagles got a pretty good defense. To me, they're well coached. Um, but I still... At the end of the day, say the 49ers can beat them um, on Championship Sunday. I just think that the that the 49ers are more complete right now, even even given their quarterback situation. And that's no disrespect to uh, uh, Brock Purdy because I think he's done a terrific job since he has taken over as the quarterback. But the 49ers, what's going to get the 49ers to the Super Bowl is their defense. And we've seen it before. We've seen it with the Baltimore Ravens. We've seen it with the 49ers once before in their defense. So defense can get you to the Super Bowl uh, with a, oh, with yeah, a or below average quarterback. Yeah. But San Francisco has a great defense, but they also, have, they also have a pretty good offense as well because of all the weapons they have on the offensive side. So, I mean, they, they're capable of scoring points, but they do – I mean, yeah, their defense is – if their defense plays like it has been, especially if you take out maybe the last game, a uh, couple games ago, but that they went like four or five games without giving up any points in, in the second half. And if, right. if they get to playing at that level in the playoffs, they're going to be tough for anybody to beat. Uh, and, and don't forget about that's what worries me about the Eagles too, John. I agree with you. Uh, is their their run defense uh, can be a problem? And you and sometimes you can keep that Philadelphia Philadelphia offense off the field. Uh, Vince says, "Who's your MVP?" I thought it was Hurts, but I think Mahomes will get it. Uh, I had Mah I had if you're going to get it to a quarterback, I had Mahomes. Uh, I just 
the year he the I just the year he's had. I know Hertz has had a great year as well, but uh, I just think Mahomes been a little bit more consistent. Uh, plus, he he didn't miss any games, uh, any any games uh, for injury or anything as well. But I I have Mahomes. Vince mentioned the Eagles' run defense. The Eagles do have trouble stopping the run. That's why they need Jordan Davis to be more effective because he's good. He's pretty good at swallowing up the running back. Yeah, yeah, Dustin. That's what I'm saying. They're, they've won four, uh, 49ers won ten straight with and without Debo and Mitchell, who both who both just came back Sunday. So they're they're getting healthy at the, healthy at the right time, uh, healthier at the right time as well. Oh, that's a team I would not want to play. They they're scary. They're gonna be scary good. And then you got Christian McCaffrey too. Man, you got one of the best offenses in the league along with Kyle Shanahan, who's great at scheming and you know creating for his team to be successful. Wow. And then uh, Vince says, do you think people are sleeping on the Bengals because they have chemistry right now? I love their defense this year. Uh, Yeah, I actually – I have have Bengals against the 49ers in in the Super Bowl. Uh, I think Bengals are getting – are kind of doing like they did last year, getting hot at the right time of the year. Uh, It does worry me a little bit that they did did lose offensive – when they're offensive linemen. they, they look pretty good uh, Sunday. Oh, uh, I know the Ravens' pass rush isn't the greatest to be tested against either. So, uh, but no, I, I like the Bengals. I, I do think some people are over are overlooking them because they got off to a slow start. But they they've quietly uh, been putting putting together some good ga- games of football here down yeah. stretch. Well, they revamped the offensive line. The offensive line took a while to gel. And get into a rhythm. They finally have. You got a good defense. You got a great safety in Jesse Bates, who no one really talks about. To me, he's an underrated safety. Uh, you you got a pretty good defense out there. You got an opportunistic defense that gets plays at the right time. Uh, they might get a takeaway here or there at the right time. Uh, a loss for tackle. They might force a fumble or something here and there. And that's what we've been seeing from the the Bengals defense. Um, in recent weeks, their defense has uh, forced turnovers at the right time in the game, giving the ball back to um, um, Joe Borrow, and Joe Borrow will do his thing and 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 deliver down the field. So, I mean, that's what that's what that's been the story for the Bengals. And yes, the Bengals are definitely another team to watch out for. All right. Well, before we get out of here for tonight, Judge, you. Uh, was there anything else you want? Anything else you wanted to talk about that we missed, or final thoughts? Anything? What you? What you got? Yeah, I want to tell the people to uh, catch up with the time, man, and follow me on TikTok. Check out my chick TikTok. Uh, it's the Sports Judge eighty five at the Sports Judge eighty five. Check me out there on TikTok. I'm doing a lot of short videos. Um, you guys will most likely like them. I hope you guys follow follow me there, and you guys can also check me out on Instagram. Follow me on Instagram, SportsJudge85. You guys can also find me on my Facebook fan page where I'm um, very active. I'm always active over there. Uh, find me on Facebook, the Sports Judge as well. So um, I just wanted to throw that out there, and um, also tune in to the other shows on this network, the ASAP Sports Network. And check out Gunzo Sports Room. He does great stuff, my co-host. He's totally awesome. 
Um, we've been doing this show for a while now, and 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 we've had we've been having a blast doing this show. Uh, but also check out the ASAP Network. They have uh, we have a great team of podcasters, and you guys will love the other shows as well. I know, um, I know, Coach uh, Evan B is doing his thing right now with the Arizona show that they have. They they talk all Arizona sports. That show is going on yeah. simultaneously. I was once on that show and I had a blast being on with Evan and his uh, co-host. I believe is Jason, and uh, Mike is on there tonight. I see him. I see his face, his handsome face on the screen. Uh, uh, Mike be everywhere, man. Mike is uh, ubiquitous. He he's all over the place. Uh, yeah, uh, Mike was on the afternoon show a little bit earlier um, today, but yeah, we got. Uh, actually, on the ASAP Sports Network tonight, they had a, a watch party for the uh, college national championship. Ray and uh, Ray and Dre did. They done a pregame show as well. So yeah, check out the ASAP Sports Network. Uh, hit that subscribe button on YouTube at Gonzo Sports Room. Also at the Sports Judge at the ASAP Sports Network. We'd all appreciate it. Like and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch. Uh, I'm getting ready to get Gonzo Sports Room on TikTok as well, but you can find us on all other social media right now at Gonzo Sports Room, at the All Sports All Plays. And then uh, Judge told you where to reach him out on uh, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, all that stuff. Uh, don't forget tomorrow, Gonzo Sports Room, uh, we're going to have uh, pro wrestler Luke Savage will be joining us tomorrow at uh, 6 p.m. Eastern for uh, to talk about his on way actually just got home from denver colorado wrestling out in colorado over the weekend uh so he'll he'll be on the show on tuesday on wednesday we have pro wrestler zay gates another young guy that's on the rise uh so we got two uh interviews the next two night evenings so come join us for those uh but yeah but please hit those subscribe the subscribe like follow buttons we greatly appreciate it and uh we will see you guys on today's monday right yeah we'll see you guys on wednesday for another episode of uh, Gonzo and the Judge Sports Talk. Uh, ha have a great night. Stay safe. See you Wednesday. Peace.